0: This is going to be episode 14 of Morning Miles Podcast. We got Ryan Schlup here. Is that how you say it? So I say it right there? it correctly. All right, awesome. So give us a little bit of a background, Ryan. Ryan's been working with the Performance Lab for like, I don't know, five or six months now. I mean, I, I met you back at the factory and if you've been following us for long enough what the factory is all about. But yeah, I mean, just give us some background. What What is some of your passion, why you do sports performance and we'll be able to go in more depth from there.
1: Yeah, like you said, I started back as an intern at the factory. That was really like my first exposure to, to coaching. Within a few months of being an intern at the factory, that led to like a coaching job where I started dealing more with groups of athletes, teams, and then like one-on-ones. I guess my passion for coaching, all that came from from just doing sports as a kid. When it was time to go to college, I was like, I know what I was going to study. And I felt like sports was always something I really, really enjoyed doing.
0: I went ahead and pursued a, a degree like in kinesiology. So big thing that we want to talk about here today is going to be really looking at how people are, like how fast people are getting to their top speed, how fast people are running, how fast they're getting to their top speed. And through that and in using the like the one tool system and the McLeod system, it's really give us, given us the opportunity to, to look at the ability to get to top speed in a different way. And I think it's a lot about being able to really maximize your sprinting mechanics overall when it comes to, especially if you're trying to get faster, but just in your ability to play better in a lot of different sports. I think that the sprinting mechanics can really be something that helps you out in a a wide range of different things. And so, and I know you have some background with working with the force velocity profile. I I mean, I I think you you were a little bit, I didn't expand on a a lot of the experience. I know you, like when you were intern at UCLA or something that I know you talked about being around it. And I'm sure also um, at CSUN, it was something you guys talked about as well. So yeah, that's like the main topic that we want to be able to address is like speed mechanics and really going around that force velocity profiling and and how you kind of learned about utilizing it for programming and what your experience is. And then what are some of the benefits, what are the things that you feel like you would want to be able to, I guess, recommend other people to use it for as well?
1: Right. Kind of piggybacking off what you said, when I interned at at these programs like GLA or Pepperdine, they always had like ways of measuring. They're either using a video things to measure like force velocity just to kind of tie that back into into sprinting even if they're not like sprint athletes per se but like you said that that always kind of ties into like sports performance uh, uh and the like the athlete's going to benefit from that what do you think is the best one i actually enjoy the the one tool that it's one tool right yeah uh, that we use w- with uh, w- with the curve like yeah. the, the dissecting the runners on the curve and then pulling that up on on the one tool
0: yeah. Yeah. And also just having them because the big thing that one tool I think does is it gives a lot of clarity in terms of really those two numbers. And and we kind of were talking about it because I use the free lap too. And I, I don't know how much you like the free lap, but I, I think really the free lap is like the best thing when it comes to speed, just because of how easy it is to set up. And it's really not bad from a cost, a cost efficiency standpoint. And it just gives you a lot of really good data. And so I like to use that when it comes to being able to see like how fast people are running, whether it's zero to 10, 10-yard 10 flies. And, and there's a lot of different ways that it's becoming a more commonly utilized thing. And they talk about how they're like two to three hundredths off. With McLeod, they're basically using GPS and, and saying that it's really accurate. When using it, I mean, I, I would say there's definitely accuracy there, but I don't know if it's 100% accurate, to be honest with you. I think that there's some degree, because even when you go through the numbers, you're building, let's say, up to top speed, and then they'll be like, when you're running 22 miles an hour, then they'll say like, oh yeah, then there was a tenth of a second where you were running 19, and then you were back up to 22, and it's like, that doesn't make any sense. But still, regardless, the idea of being able to really create that force velocity profile is something that could be really good when it comes to training over a period of time, because now... You could look at it and say, okay, based off of how fast you got to your top speed or based off of what it is that you are doing well, are you creating a good amount of force in the ground? Are you getting to your top speed really fast, maybe too fast? You can now take a better look and say, does this athlete need to get stronger? Do they need to be working maybe more plyos? Do they need more top speed? And now really create a a plan and a program where you could continue to test and, and see the improvements that you wanted to see absolutely you get you actually get numbers that you can measure and you can
1: you can compare it to, to previous results but yeah not yeah, just yep. but just going up in the wind and,
0: and kind of guessing at it yeah i know uh, and that's i mean how often have you used those type of tools in the past i've been exposed to like the like the timing
1: gates okay i forget the exact name of, of which ones i've used i personally have and the is okay. yeah but I've 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 had trouble like connecting those. They're like Bluetooth. I found that the the free lab
0: is actually the the best one that I've that I've ran into. Yeah. And then at UCLA, what would you guys use with the? Because I know you guys also have. I forgot what it's called with the. It's like a thing that connects to the bar. Like you can measure like the speed of the bar.
1: Yeah. It's 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 basically to to measure the force velocity curve, right? Up okay. Of the lifts, I forget the exact brand that they were using. And so, how would they do that with the lift? So it would just be so they had like an iPad that was attached to the rack, and then that that device is connected to the bar, and then depending on what lift you're doing, it just measures a meters per second, like how fast you're moving that bar, and then just depending on the given goal for that day, if you're working power strength, you want to be
0: within those 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 numbers. Yeah. And so, when you were doing it, would do you feel like you would use that data to make changes within the programs? Like, were people doing different types of lifts based off of where their force velocity profile was. For sure. And actually going back to that, the way that that would get
1: like programmed was they would have force plates and they would do like a single leg jump. They do various like forms of testing on that force plate. And based off of those numbers, those results, they they would know if an athlete was more elastic and they needed more strength work or if they were like a strength power-based athlete. And then they just would work on those those
0: qualities that that athlete was missing on. And and so how would you do that? If you took two athletes, let's say, and were going to start a program with them. One of them was really fast, could be brothers, could be friends, whatever. One of them was really fast, maybe not as strong or maybe not as much stability or balance or something like that. Another one was a lot stronger, was able to create force a lot more naturally, didn't have as much speed. How would you try to be able to differentiate that? I try to use the exposure that I've had with all all the athletes that I've worked with throughout,
1: throughout the years and kind of kind of make a decision based off of that like okay I, I see this athlete's really springy i need to work maybe more strength on him if we're comparing it to like to speed if you're working strength you need to be within a certain range if if you're lifting let's say we're doing like a trap bar deadlift, lift and you're moving the trap bar at like 0.8 meters per second you're like within a speed a power range and if we want to work those qualities we gotta we gotta load up
0: that bar more and get you moving a little bit slower it within that range. And the reason I talk about this is because I recently really like using the, it's like this thing on Reddit. Do you use Reddit? I don't actually. Okay. So on Reddit, there's a sprinting like community and it's like really active. Actually, it's like surprisingly very, very active, which is awesome. And there's a lot of people on there that like ask, I'm doing this random, whatever workout, like this is my program right now and it's just very you could tell that the person doesn't have a lot of background I mean even in in the idea of going to a social media type platform and asking for advice just shows that there's some degree of potentially some degree of somebody that just doesn't have a great understanding of what's going on with that right and so I just see a lot of people that have a very kind of basic level of understanding of of what is important when it comes to to programming I would say to go off of that even a lot of people are not really utilizing the something that that really gets a lot of benefit by using McLeod, which is being able to to really maximize top speed like it was a lot of people that were like running 150s or 200s or really concentrating on that type of stuff within the program and and i know you have a a track and field to your track and field coach at a local school here and I'm sure some of the programming is it's kind of similar. I mean, it's a lot of kind of long distance running, right? Where I think you've seen with, with what I do, I focus a lot more on like a 10-yard fly, 10-meter fly, 20-yard fly, and really like how what, much faster can we get you? Like how what's your top speed? And using that to be able to improve the performance of a particular race or a particular test when it comes to maybe running a better 40 or better 60 or whatever, I and mean, just developing top speed in general. Like, if you're always running 200s, at the end of the day, like, you can't hold or sustain a top speed for 200 yards or 200 meters, 200 yards, whatever. Right. Same thing with even the 100, you know. Really training top speed. That yeah. Yeah. And, and so when I, well, I think really top speed is going to be maybe if you're, if you're really efficient runner, you can maybe hop, hold top speed for 40 meters, in my opinion. And or like what's close to top speed. Like at the end of the day, there's going to be probably a 10 meter gap where that's your fastest gap. And so I just want to be able to continue to build speed off of that specific 10 meters, right? Specific 10 yards and make it so, let's say I can work with somebody right now. We we'll start off with 119 in, the, in a 10 meter fly, right? And then consistently go down. I was getting like 110. Right, and and now we can, yeah. At a certain time, well, we maybe need to be able to put that into a longer distance. But for now, like, let's just get that consistent in the one zeros. So then, even if you're now, if you can hold something closer to that for even forty meters, like that's way better than you being better at holding or getting to like one one five or forty meters, like going down and getting ten meters for one zero. We'll make it so now you're going to be able to hold that for longer even if you by the time you get to 40 you're at 115 or 120 because you have no endurance at the time that still will average out way better you know what i'm saying and so that's why i'm big on like making it so you're getting faster and, and especially too because the workout is just way less load on your body you know like you're putting so much yeah you're putting so much on yourself when you are running 100 meters now or 200 meters Right. Like there's some people that are like five, 200 meter sprints and the next day squats and cleans and plyos. Right. And it's like, dude, when it, when is your, I get it. Like it, it's great work and everything, but sometimes it's better to work smarter than harder. Like you don't always need to be putting in just like super intense hard work or, or you can't always measure quality of a workout based off of how tired you are at the end. Like it's not always about how tired you are. A lot of times, especially when it comes to, your long-term vision it's a much more about what were your mechanics like how well were you able to work within a quality set quality rep and that's why i and i know you've you've watched me do my my programs and stuff like that that's why i like to have a wide variety of different areas that i'm attacking within the body because i don't want a particular area to be so fatigued that now it's not able to balance at the same quality. It's not able to have the tape, same type of, of overall, like maybe injury prevention standards or balance standards or cutting or or even when you get to top speed, not being able to, to sustain there. So if you do too much, now you're at risk for overuse, right?
1: I get it. And that's actually something that I've, that I caught my eye when I started working with you like four to five months ago, was like, we're, we're getting... We're getting exercises done, we're getting movements done, but we're not doing like three to four, five sets of that one exercise. We're doing one to two sets of this exercise. We move on to the next exercise, but you're working that same same qualities, same movement. Absolutely, that's yeah. You, you have a you have a point there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I it's, it's like in a way. What I try to think of it is like you're working a global since Let's say sprinting. You have a sprint. In between the sprint. We're going to potentially work your hip flexors. We're going to potentially work your hamstrings. We're going to potentially work your glutes. We're going to potentially work your ankles, your calves, just based off of your ankle range and things like that, based off what we're seeing in your mechanics. So now, and and I go through the explanation of like, all right, so the reason why we did, let's say, a single leg leg curl, right, is because when we watch you sprint here, your ability to get your heel to your butt or bend your knee is not fast enough. Like We need more speed here, right? Or we need more height within the heel in general. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're weak within the hamstrings. That's not the idea is to say, okay, yeah, just strengthen the hamstrings. The idea is to train the brain or start to train the brain. What is the muscle group that needs to be addressed or improved? And now when you put it into sprinting, you know, now there's no resistance. So now it's a lot easier and more effective. And they just connected their brain to that muscle. So now they have the ability to actually do it. And then it really helps too, when you can do that. And then they go from running 17 miles an hour at 18 miles an hour or something like that. And you can see that at that immediate click when they, when they see it, mm-hmm. you know, and then they see that before
1: and after video. And then they got a much, a much higher heel recovery and their knees coming
0: through. Yeah. And, the, and they're. It's obvious when that time like has dropped. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and, and to get back to the force velocity profiling and, and how you would use that. So, because I think it's important, right, to be able to say based off of where you're at in a, and I guess if you're working with a team, do you break up the workouts into maybe like every four weeks, six weeks, something like that? Or or how do you, or like certain programs, or how do you kind of like do your programming in general?
1: Yeah. I mean, th- I guess that that depends on what team I'm working with, how long I'm going to be seeing this team, but generally, yeah, you, I kind of have like a two to three week, four week phase
0: of like we're working certain certain qualities. Okay, and so then what do you, what are you trying to do? Like, do you have like certain times when you are like trying to go more for speed or more for strength? Like, what type of maxes do you typically do? You're saying like max
1: max lifts, huh? Yeah. Thank. To be honest, I I have not worked with a team yet. Where we, uh, at least at the high school level, where I get to get in the weight room with them, and where we've been, we've been that consistent where we get to like test max, and, and I at least as a coach feel comfortable enough
0: to do that with them. Okay, what would that take? Like how what do, what would you feel comfortable to max with? Like how long? Like how
1: long of a progression? Yeah, uh, or even like in any individual, like a six to ten week period, okay.
0: right? Uh, Consistently,
1: yeah, it, it, it would really. I mean, it's not to say you can't test. You can't safely test, test the max after, like, three weeks, four weeks, right? But yeah, I would say, like, a true max, maybe after, like, a good
0: six to ten weeks. Yeah. And usually what I do is I do, like, a a little bit more. Like, the first time that I – whenever I'm starting a new season with a, a team, new off-season, new lifting season or whatever, you know, and we'll, we'll work for, let's say, four to six weeks, the first max I usually do is five rep or everything. And just to get an idea – yeah, I eventually go to ones, but never, never the first. Yeah, one. The next one, the second one, I always do ones, yeah. but the first one, I always do five, just to make it so they're a little bit more used to like max day, right? And just having kind of the understanding because I think it's a little bit too intense to just go to one because there, there's a lot of uncertainties in a lot of areas. I personally like
1: like three rep max. I, I think that's yeah. that's a more accurate like test of strength. I mean, obviously, lifting something one time is you no. Know, but if, mm-hmm. if you can, if you can rock something heavy
0: for like three reps, I think. Yeah, I like three to five. What would you recommend lifting? If you're a sprinter. What do you think you should be lifting? What what lifts are important? It's like like a little, really loaded question.
1: I I really enjoy like fast lifts. Okay. With a moderate to heavy weight, you know, it goes back to using using like force velocity stuff, like to stay within within a certain range. Nothing extremely heavy where I'm taxing like like the nervous system too much, but yeah, just kind of within like three to five reps moderately heavy and okay. moving it fast yeah and, and certain exercises i like certain like olympic lifts like cleans trap bar deadlifts, like trap bar jumps snap downs just really fast fast
0: movements putting the brakes on getting into eccentrics fast and what do you think that uh, sprinters are like not what do they not have enough of in terms of their programming like what's something that they maybe are, are not using enough of just as general, like all,
1: yeah. all sprinters. Oh. That's a, that's a tough one. I would think maybe more strength strength based exercises. I, what I think what particular muscle group calves, glute mead. Yeah.